Good morning. Good morning. Centuries ago, the psalmist said, This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Mark Williams, and I'm the senior minister here at Naples UCC. Blessings to all who have gathered in person, and blessings to all who are connecting with us online, especially the community at Arbor Trace. Today is the first Sunday in the Advent season as we prepare our hearts and minds for Christmas. Amen to that. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for Congregational Care. I want to extend a special welcome to our visitors and guests this morning. If this is one of your first few times with us, we are especially glad to have you. And after worship, please go to the gathering place, that's our church's courtyard, and see Chelsea Godwin. She's our our coordinator of membership and stewardship and would love to get to know you. So welcome to all of our newcomers. But for everyone who's here today in person, um, after church, we're continuing our Serve and Grow series, where each Sunday we're highlighting a different ministry in the life of our church. This week we're focusing on youth and children, so you'll be able to learn about the angel tree and about Grace Place. So stop by those tables after church to learn about those important mission partners. And now I'd like to ask you to register your attendance with us. So if you're here in the sanctuary, if you could grab those blue attendance pads and take a moment to fill it out and pass it to your neighbor, that would be great. If you're worshiping with us online, I have not formally greeted you, so so glad to have you with us wherever you are. Um, And you can also register your attendance, write your name in the comments section and tell us where you are this morning. And while you're there, you can click on a link which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin. During the Advent season, we have four midweek worship services, Advent, minist- uh, Advent meditations that Pastor Angela and I have uh, planned, and we look forward to being with you for uh, those services. They're at noon, and Dr. Becky, this coming Wednesday, is going to be doing both organ and piano. Pam Jimenez is going to be involved. Pastor Angela is going to share the message. I'm going to share a message uh, later next month, and we're really looking forward to a series of meditations each Wednesday, beginning this coming Wednesday, November the 29th. And that's just a really great way to like take a pause in the middle of what might otherwise be a busy week. So yeah, join us each Wednesday at noon for those. And on Saturday is our monthly Habitat Build Day. A few weeks ago, we heard from Lisa Lefko and Roger Nolan, and they reminded us about the important work that Habitat does and our partnership with them. And you can participate. So this Saturday, December 2nd, is our next Build Day. And you're not only making a difference in the community, but it's a great way to get to know other church members. If you would like to participate, they have jobs for every skill level. So don't be intimidated. Don't think, well, I'm not very handy. I can't help. They can find something for you to do. Uh, Sign up on the gathering place on your way out, or you can always, if you're joining us remotely or you don't have time to stop by Chelsea's table today, you can always contact the church office and sign up. And two additional mission opportunities coming our way this coming Sunday, uh, December the 3rd. We have the alternative gift market that we're going to be hosting here at Naples UCC in McSpadden Hall. That's one week from today. A little bit more information about that event in our bulletins. 
And then finally, this coming Sunday, December 3rd, is a Sunday where we'll be serving Holy Communion. And as is our habit here at NUCC, we will be receiving cans for communion. And that food will benefit those in need at Grace Place. So be sure to remember your cans this coming Sunday, December the 3rd. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in our prayer of invocation. Let us pray together. How many times each day do you come to us, Jesus? How many quiet prophets, how many whispered warnings are sent to catch our attention? And how many times do we pass by unaware of your calm presence unfeeling of your beckoning gaze. In our worship this day, help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear so that we can experience your presence throughout this Advent season. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Creator God revealed to us in Jesus of Nazareth, We ask you to be present with us in this time of prayer. We hear your call to care for the lost, the last, the littlest, and the least, that even through us your grace may touch their lives. Loving God, friend of the outcast and the stranger, prejudiced in favor of those whom others reject, may you hear our call to care for those on the margins of our world. May our ministry offer dignity and respect to each and every person and offer a place at the table for the stranger and the outcast, for those who are not welcome in other places. Gracious God, relating to us as a generous parent, offering yourself in love to every person, we hear your call to offer hope of renewed relationships where trust and love have been displaced by fear and jealousy where family has become a place of pain rather than nurture, where hurts remain unforgiven. May our ministries offer your gifts of grace and reconciliation and hold out the hope of restored and renewed relationships. Living God, known to us in the dance of community we call the Trinity, mediated to us through the common life of the church, we hear your call to create a community of meaning and hope. On this first Sunday of Advent, in which we remember the importance of hope, help us to offer that divine gift to those who live in isolation, to those whose lives lack purpose and direction, to those seeking a safe place to nurture their journey of spirit. May our congregation offer the hope of deep and trusted friendship and a way to find connectedness with those who share the journey of life. And we know that prayer is so important because it calls to mind those who need our prayers that we may not forget them. And so, as we lift up the power of hope, we remember the people in Ukraine and Israel and Palestine, Gaza, and all those who live in war-torn nations around the world. If they are not able to experience your hope this day, may we hold on to that for them as we pray for a future world in which we experience a peace that surpasses all understanding, and we turn our weapons into plowshares. 
We offer all of these prayers in the name of your Son, the one whose birth we are beginning to prepare for, as we pray together the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. And you're invited to follow along if you'd like, as the words are printed in your bulletins. So hear these words. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him... Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you, a stranger, and welcomed you, or naked, and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. I was naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. May God bless our modern hearing of these holy words. The last Saturday in November of 2008, I got asked to officiate a large formal wedding in Texas. About 20 minutes before the wedding began, the groomsmen gathered in the formal church parlor watching the Ohio State-Michigan football game. (laughs) 
And there, as they were watching the football game and preparing for the wedding, a man snuck through the door. Shabby-looking man in blue jeans that had come in off the street. He found the minister in his robe, and he said, Can you help me out? I need a little bit of help. And I shared with them, all I've got right now is my order of worship. I'm about ready to go into this wedding. I can't help you if you come back tomorrow. Maybe I can make a gift through the discretionary fund or connect you with a local agency. And he said, no, 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 I I need help now. And I told him, I just can't do it. Then he peered around into the parlor and he noted that there were some triangle finger sandwiches. And he said, could I have a few of those? At which point I rolled the dice. Walked him right into the middle of the parlor. And do you know that the best man in the wedding, room full of corsages and bow ties and cummerbunds, walks right up to him, grabs a paper plate, and begins to stack the triangle uh, finger sandwiches onto a paper plate. It got contagious. Another one of the groomsmen got him two bags of organic potato chips. And then yet another groomsman reached into the cooler and grabbed this man, a Dr. Pepper. And there he was, walking out of the parlor eight minutes prior to the wedding. And strangely, in that room, all of our hearts were warmed. About a month later, the groom got back from his wedding And there in the receiving line at the church following the worship service, he pulled out a photograph that the wedding photographer had taken of that day. He got his pictures back from the wedding. And there in the bottom right-hand corner of the groomsman room was that man in blue jeans. The groom then asked me quite a question for the receiving line. He said, could it have been, could it have been, Jesus, who surprised me on my wedding day. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Mother Teresa, during the course of her ministry, was once asked by a reporter, what do you see when you look out over the streets of Calcutta, India, which at the time were streets full of poverty and people who were hurting? And Mother Teresa's famous line was, I see Jesus in distressing disguise. This scripture passage reminds us that Jesus does have a knack for entering into our lives in distressing disguise. Admittedly, it's a favorite of ours. It's a board of mission and outreach favorite for sure. It's often referred to as the least of these scriptures. And it comes to us at a time of year in the lectionary cycle on the first Sunday of Advent, which perhaps uh, uh, suggests that we ought to ask a question. How will the presence of Christ come into our lives as we walk toward Bethlehem this year? Be careful how you answer that question, because maybe, just maybe, Christ will come in distressing disguise. 
I have learned so much about this congregation in recent months. And part of what I've learned about all of you is your desire to serve and to give back and to be in ministry with those in need. I heard earlier this morning that the angels flew off the angel tree in the narthex. And I'm not surprised one bit because that just epitomizes who this congregation is. And I have no doubt that so many of you will be loving and serving and giving this Advent season. And I have no need to preach an inspiring sermon about how you ought to go about serving at Christmas time. I simply want to remind all of us that in the midst of that service, with those who you might call the least of these... That maybe, just maybe, in them, the presence of Christ could, perhaps, walk into your life. What if this Advent season, Christ will come to you in distressing disguise? One of my favorite reflections about the least of these uh, comes in a book by Kenneth Carter uh, entitled, A Strangers Who Are in Need. And in that book, Ken Carter talks a little bit about a story of his early on in his ministry where he was asked to go and to spend a summer in an internship at a prison and be a prison chaplain. And there was an older man that was supposed to be his mentor in all of this prison ministry that he was about ready to embark. And he told the story about how he sat down with his mentor, a prison chaplain, and was talking about how he was going to carry Jesus into the prison and bring a little bit of Jesus to the prisoners in the, in the prison. And his mentor took a step back and said, Ken, I take issue with your theology. I really do not appreciate the fact that you can bring or carry Jesus anywhere, especially not into this prison. And then he asked Ken Carter a really interesting question. He said, what if, what if Jesus is already at this prison just waiting for you to show up? Jesus in distressing disguise. So astute and wise It repositions our service during this Advent season that we might just encounter the presence of God on our way to Bethlehem in and through the least of these. I mean, what if we don't carry Jesus to Harry Chapin? What if Jesus shows up and is there when we arrive? What if we don't bring Jesus to Guatemala? What if Jesus is already present waiting for us to receive Christ in that space? What if we don't carry Jesus to habitat? What if Jesus is already there? What if we don't carry Jesus out to Immokalee? What if Jesus is waiting for us to arrive in distressing disguise? Many years ago, I heard a wonderful lecture by Paul Farmer, You'll recall that Paul Farmer is the physician, a Harvard uh, background, who is um, responsible for founding a number of different uh, medical clinics in impoverished areas. And there was a New York Times best-selling book written about uh, his work by Tracy Kidder uh, entitled Mountains Beyond Mountains uh, some years ago. And Paul Farmer was uh, uh, sharing a little bit about his work down in a a hospital that he had uh, shaped and formed in Haiti. And following his presentation, there was a young woman who came to the microphone and asked Paul Farmer a question. She said, Dr. Farmer, what compelled you when it came to your faith? 
to go to that space in Haiti and to kind of exchange uh, a Harvard for, for Haiti. And Farmer's uh, response to her was so wise. He said, you know, really, as I look back on it, nothing about my faith compelled me to go there. But I will tell you this. Once I arrived in Haiti, my faith begun to piece itself together. There in that space, Jesus in a hospital in Haiti, in distressing disguise. As you embark on your service this Advent season, as you seek to share love, as you seek to be generous, what if, what if the presence of Christ might just surprise you in one of the least of these. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Thirsty and you gave me a drink. Needed clothes and you clothed me. Was a stranger and you took me in. Was in prison and you visited me. I'll close this morning with my personal favorite story that is told in homiletics about the least of these. It comes from a, a preacher who's written a lot about preaching and homiletics. His name is Will Williman, also pastored numerous different uh, United Methodist churches. And he tells the story about how early on in his career, he was pastoring a very rural United Methodist church in South Carolina. And it was a very hard day in ministry as two of his church meetings just went totally off the rails. Didn't go in the direction he wanted the meetings to go. And there was conflict and fighting all over the place. And he just had had a really bad day of ministry, but didn't want to bring it home with him to the house. So he just decided to have a moment where he would take some time to, to you know, cool down. So it was his responsibility at that very small church to go out to the front of the church and to change the marquee sign from time to time. Took the cardboard box of letters and began to start changing the sign as a way to kind of, you know, de-stress from everything that happened during his day. And sure enough, a stranger comes up to him walking down the road. And Willeman musters up the emotional energy to, you know, let the stranger in and says, hi, how are you? And the stranger at just a, a, a really opportune time says back to him, I want you to know that you do good work as a minister of that church. And I also want you to know that you are a wonderful servant of those people. And Willeman said, I thank you so much for your encouragement and for your compliment. You don't know how much I needed that right now today. And Willeman, in an attempt to, you know, continue on the friendship, said, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. What's your name? And the man said to him, my name is Jesus Christ. And Willeman said, oh, my gosh. Here we go. What am I? This is just, I've had too much for today. This has just been a crazy day of ministry. So he goes home and he shares with his wife, I had two church meetings that went off the rails. Then there was this nice man by the side of the road who paid me a wonderful compliment at an opportune time. But then I asked him what his name was and he said his name was Jesus. I, I just need, we just need to go to sleep tonight. And so he and his wife got in bed and they went to sleep. And uh, uh, the Williman said, you know, need to just wait till the next morning to process all of this. His wife said, that's okay, Will. Sounds good. About a minute goes by and both of them have their head on their pillow. And she says, Will, yes, honey, I have a question to ask you. How do you know that stranger by the side of the road? How do you know that he wasn't Jesus? God of abundant grace, mercy, and love, 
We thank you for the blessings that you bestow upon us. As we return a portion of those blessings back to you this day, we ask that you would use them, O God, to build up this, your body of Christ, the church, and that you too would bring more heaven into the lives of the least of these. And in it all, may we meet you in that ministry. Amen. And now as you go from this place on your Advent journey toward Bethlehem, go loving and serving. Go with generosity and compassion. And don't forget to look out for Jesus in distressing disguise. Go in peace.